Hey guys, you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash let's not panic. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Let's Not Panic podcast. We're two practical people chronicling a pretty impractical trip from San Francisco to Patagonia and back again. We tried not to panic. If you're just joining us, I'm Maggie. And I'm Adam. And we're a married couple who'd quit our jobs, given up our lease, and hit the road in a Toyota 4Runner that was our home. Yes, indeed. And in fact, we can see shadow from where we are recording today in our new apartment Mm -hmm. is that not the case maggie that's a fact and we also have a special thing going on we'll just mention Mm -hmm. we are filming us recording this podcast and we will probably put this on youtube as long as you can keep it decent that's all i'm gonna say maggie just keep it decent over there (laughs) (laughs) i just feel sad Uh Uh Uh, real quick Uh before we get into anything Mm -hmm. I do want to follow up on my technical corner last week. I did, in fact, miss a fluid. And thanks to super friend and guru of the show, Craig, for pointing it out. Mm-hmm. Power steering fluid, mm-hmm. which in shadow, to be fair, it is the same. It's automatic transmission fluid. It's the same transmission fluid that's used. Mm-hmm. And it's pumped into the rack and pinion to lubricate the steering um, and there's like a power steering pump that does that little job. And it's not very much fluid, but it's super necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You seem super interested. I'm always super interested uh-huh. in fluids. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanks. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> That's all. Actually, one of our listeners pointed it out as well. Okay. Who's so yeah. if two people pointed it out, yeah. that probably means I got all of them except for that one. And, and gas. gas. And gasoline. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, but today, since it is the season finale of mm-hmm. season one of Let's Not Panic. The season finale. What we're going to do is answer all of the listener questions that we got over the last week about the entirety of our trip. And then we are going to do ratings for our entire trip. And then we're going to do the three B's for our entire trip. We're going to close out season one. That's right. Mm-hmm. Very complete. Yes. So I thought we would start with kind of like the family general questions that we get all the time Mm -hmm. um, as we've been like seeing all of our people. And one of them is, which I feel like is an indication of the kind of people we surround ourselves with. They're like, how often did you cook? What did you eat? How was the whole gluten thing while you were gone? Right, right. It's all food related. Yeah. Um, Do you want to field that one or should I always just answer every question? Just answer every Every question. question. Yeah, Yeah. you speak speak for for both of us. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it when you do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, how often do we cook? I think we actually cooked a lot more than the average overlander is my, it took me a little while to come to this, but it was like every time we camped, we would do a full on meal, mm-hmm. both breakfast and dinner, mm-hmm. probably 60% of the time, 60, 70% of the time we would cook our own meals. Yeah. I'd say it's closer to 70 because yeah. even when we were in Airbnbs and stuff, we cooked a lot for ourselves. That's true. Even though we were in cities, we'd be still going to the mm-hmm. grocery store. Exactly. There were cities like Buenos Aires where we didn't cook as much because we're why out. Why would you? Right. It's like <laughs> that's kind of the point of being there. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, yeah, we we cooked quite a bit. Yeah. What did we eat? Uh, we're Meat pre- and vegetables. Yeah, we're pretty paleo um, because of the gluten free thing and because I am diabetic and I also think that's closer to an optimal diet for human beings. All right, settle down. <laughs> 
usually we'd buy, we try to buy some healthy meat mm-hmm. and shoot for like two servings of vegetables for mm-hmm. one serving of meat. Although we always fall short of that. I was like, <laughs> it's <laughs> funny to hear you say that yeah. since that's never how it went. That's the stated mission. Yeah. We'll just believe it, but put it at that Well, one. to be fair too, vegetables are harder to keep. Yeah. So that was, that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, and the gluten thing varied wildly by country. Mm-hmm. I would say Bolivia was the best, and Chile and Colombia were the worst. Yeah, that was quite a surprise. You'd think Bolivia, it's a little less developed, it's a little bit harder. But the thing is, Bolivia has only highlands mm-hmm. and only lowlands. They don't have any good climate for growing wheat themselves. Mm-hmm. It's jungle, or it's like above 12,000 feet. Yeah. So they import all their wheat, and basically it's just like, here's bread, they have bread, of course, but yeah. it's like an extra thing that's always just tacked onto the sides of the meal. Yeah. So it's not integral to the meal. Whereas like in Colombia and in Chile, it would be hidden in totally normally innocuous things like ground cumin or ketchup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why is it there? Why would you do this? The ketchup, it's like, okay, I know. I get it. We can't have ketchup while we're in Chile. Mm-hmm. But the spice mixes drove me crazy. Because yeah, it's just like everything. when you're trying to have a conversation already, we, you know, we're not fluent in Spanish. We never got there. But... In the beginning of the trip, especially, it's like, okay, do you use cumin? It's like, yeah, but why Why is that a problem? It's like, well, sometimes there are spice mixes that can contain yeah. it. It's, it's really so hard to anyway, not talk about. Yeah. Um, we also got asked a lot what our top country was. Uh, yeah. And I feel like we've both defaulted to just saying Peru. But I also feel like I change my opinion depending on what mood I'm in. Yeah, I I think Peru offered the biggest variety. You in like in northern Peru, it feels very desolate. It definitely feels like more undeveloped. Uh, you know, it's really hard to find good groceries. It feels like very adventurous. It's deserty. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't do like the central northern Peru. Like the, there's like mountains there. We kind of skipped that whole region. Yeah. So we're talking basically about the coast, the northern Peru- Peruvian coast. Mm-hmm. Then you have Lima. Lima was great. Which is like a very metropolitan city, lots Good of different food. things. Very, yeah, great food. Mm-hmm. Um, Machu Picchu, which is yeah. its own special experience. I felt like we got our most like luxurious experiences in all of South America in Peru. And we also had our most rugged and intense experiences in Peru. And so that's why I feel like I default so often to saying it is because it offered such a wide range mm-hmm. of what it was like to travel there. Right. So, yeah. like, I would for sure go back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to that end, people also asked, where would you go back to? Like, where would be your top priority return to places? Oh, ooh. I actually haven't thought about this one. Really? I, I've gotten asked that a lot. I have returned already to Buenos Aires. I wouldn't mm. do it again. I yeah. love the city. If it's like, hey, let's go to Buenos Aires because blank i'd be like all right i'm in you know yeah but you're not gonna plan a trip but i'm not yeah there's so many other places in the world at this point that are on par with that kind of travel that i'd want to do um i don't know what's yours maggie i feel like peru just the whole country would return right um torres del paine in chile i would go back to in a heartbeat Mm -hmm. under like any circumstances i even if you like someone took you hostage and you woke up in like a a sealed coffin and you had to punch your way out you'd wait you'd go in those circumstances it doesn't sound like i'd have a choice in that circumstance (laughs) um Uh, but the place that i am most eager to go back to is south africa so yeah like i would namibia for me i think but similar idea or maybe we the bordering countries yeah yeah so that's where i'm most eager to return 
So that kind of takes us through our general questions that we got asked on, I would say, almost a daily basis. Right. Um, and now we're going to get into the listener questions. Mm-hmm. This question comes from Amanda McDowell, as known to her friends as Amanda the Cannonball McDowell, because she gave me the option of making up a name for her. Oh. Mm-hmm. And you made that part up. Yeah, I don't think her friends actually call her the Cannonball. Oh. But it's they a, will it's now. It's fitting, yeah. I think we just, <laughs> just named <laughs> her. She said, I know throughout your trip, you got the opportunity to try fantastic new foods. What was your favorite food you hadn't tried prior to your travels? And what food from San Francisco did you miss the most while you were gone? Kind of a two-parter. I'm super into it. I will go with Kui. Mm, The guinea pig. The guinea pig. Uh, We tried it at an exceptional restaurant. And so, you know, maybe it, it varies. But it was a very tasty, rich meat. That it tasted like extra fatty fried chicken. Yeah, exactly. It was and really it, good. I like that. So yeah. um, I would give that as a new food. Mm-hmm. On a sidebar, I really did like the chicken species that they have in Peru. Mm-hmm. It's like a yellow colored chicken. And oh, it, the garbage chicken? Yeah, Maggie would always say that it had a little bit of a garbage taste to it. And I <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> it did it, not like it. It was so good. And it was really fatty and rich, too. Mm-hmm. So I think you can just imagine all of my parameters are fatty. And mm-hmm. rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the foods I like. Yeah. Maggie, your pick? Um, there is a citrus fruit in Colombia called Lulo. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. So I think Lulo was my favorite new food. It's like a really acidic, sweet fruit that they make a really good juice out of. But that's a fruit. That's not a food. And so <laughs> <laughs> um, that was probably my favorite thing that we tried. Uh-huh. And then the <laughs> for foods we missed the most from San Francisco, it's not particular to San Francisco, but spicy food in general yep. was really hard to come by. And we had brought some of our own hot sauces along with us, but that did not do the trick. So I'd say upon returning and getting like Ethiopian food again, and just like when it's something's marked spicy on a menu, actually believing that it's spicy. Yeah. Because the thing would happen a lot where it'd be marked on a menu as spicy and be like, yes, fucking bring it. And twice even, like, a waiter would come back and be like, just, you know, this is very spicy. And I'd be like, yes, put it in my face. And then it would come back and it would have onions in it. And you're like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) Are you you sure you're going to be able to handle this amount of spice? So I would say spicy food. Yeah. I think we that's kind of a sign of our misconceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, we were like, oh, South America, it's going to be lots of spicy food. No, we're just thinking of Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> like Mexican food is spicy. But yeah, we had I had that in my head, too. It's like, oh, you know, there's going to be lots of like lots local of spicy food. Yeah. No, there's a country called Chile. I feel like to that's that's mostly a 2D looking down on the shape right. of the country. But based still, name. I'm just saying it's, <laughs> like it's called that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think they would at least import some Chile's. <laughs> Um, so the next questions come from Sherry from SF and Joe from SF, all one word in both cases. They're the ones who thoughtfully noted that you missed power steering fluid. Mm, Um, they said, if you lusted for a van, why didn't you rent a van when you were in Africa? I didn't actually see any for rent there. This is a three-part question. Are we going to do one at a time? Yeah. Um, Yes. You're right, Maggie. We did not see any vans. Yeah. Uh, I, d- I don't think they were an option. I think it's a lot more rugged of terrain 
And so it's not the yeah. optimal vehicle to try to overland in. Although apparently you can rent vans uh, in Iceland and drive around. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds so nice. So that sounds like a really good next trip. Mm. <coughs> Does your apartment include a garage for Shadow? <laughs> well, if you look at the YouTube video that we're going to be posting for this episode, you can see Shadow in the background. On the street. On the street. Where she lives now. And in fact, in this neighborhood in San Francisco, there's a required parking permit. Otherwise, the parking is two-hour parking on the closer side of the street and everywhere else in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So really, on the park is the only place that we can park right now. Um, we're working on that. But yeah, yeah. we do not have a garage. Mm -mm. And we have not gotten any parking tickets yet, which is pretty good. Because there's street cleaning, so you have to move it at least once a week, no matter where you park it. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's like lots of other constraints, etc. Yeah. It's it sucks. It um, so yeah, we don't have a place. Yeah. Also, most garages are gonna be too short mm -hmm. for Shadow. Shadow's uh, seven feet exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a little tricky. Yeah. And lastly, from them, would you like to come over and see our badass van converted to four-wheel drive and our garage, which is the envy of Noe Valley? Yes. Yeah. The answer to that is yes. Yes, we would. Joe and Sherry Thanks from SF. Thanks for having us over. Oh, it's not. It's Sherry from SF and Joe from SF. All one word. Yeah. Joe. Maybe it's Joe from. Joe from SF. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next question is for me because I'm fancy. What? I'm Cheryl Ruth. Oh. And she said, just wondering... If you would ever consider writing a version of your pillow fort for teenage girls, I think it's like an advice book to which I would say that's a super cool idea that somebody who's way better at self-care should probably write. I think you need to have not I was going to say owned. That's not how yeah. children work. But I think you're going to need to have had children, children, I think teenage girls I before you'd be even hard close to agree. qualify. Like I want to live with teenagers like, as a grown-up, before yeah. trying to give them any advice. Like, because I remember what it was like being a teenager myself. But I would say the bigger issue is that, like, I am not a self-care expert. No. Like <laughs> That's why you need the pillow fort. I know. I need the pillow fort to remind me. Mm -hmm. Because I have, like, a lot of naturally self-destructive tendencies. Yeah, I, I'd say about 70% of the taking care <laughs> of Maggie responsibilities hey. fall on this side. <laughs> On the Adam anyway, side of things. So, no, I, I wouldn't consider writing one now, but I would read it um, if someone wrote it who mm -hmm. was not me, mm -hmm. who was maybe, like, better at taking care of themselves. Right mm -hmm. now, basically, I just watch a lot of the Great British Bake Off, and I'm like, that's self-care. And Adam's like, it's two in the morning. And I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very accurate. Yeah. Um. So, um, this comes from Kent Millard. Millard? Mm -hmm. Uh, Millard, I think. Millard is probably, some like of his ancestors may have been calling themselves Millard. And I, then I feel like not enough people asked for me to make up names for them. Uh-huh. So, I'm kind of disappointed. But yeah. whatever. We, That's okay, Kent. It. That's yeah. okay. Um, so, his questions. First, in terms of expectations, can you talk about how your time away met or exceeded your expectations? On the flip side, what aspects did not meet your expectations? Ooh, that is deep. That's a. I think we could do a whole episode on that question. Let's see. Okay, so I had an expectation of um, a certain amount of proximity to things like crime and violence mm -hmm. that did not meet my expectations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, our car got broken into three times. 
before we left San Francisco. Yeah. And um, we'll probably get broken into now because it's right on the park. Um, yeah, we're. This is we a high risk anything. parking spot. Yeah. Um, and then never again the entire time we were gone. Um, yeah, we had no crime against yeah. us. It's true. For a whole year, um, or 11 months. That one drunk guy tried to step to you, then realized he was a foot shorter than you and stopped. He didn't. I don't even think that's like, that's the th- most crime like thing we can point to, but yeah. I don't even really consider that like no, that's crime just, towards No, that's us. just the most crime like thing we can point to <laughs> yeah. in our general it, proximity. It honestly wasn't even really menacing. Yeah. I'm not like a super brave physical confrontation person. Like, I wasn't like looking forward to getting in a fight or anything, but. I didn't feel like that was even potentially going to happen. Yeah. You know, it was just like, dude. He just wanted I, your water bottle. I weigh twice as much as you. You're really drunk, but, like, we're going to keep walking. Like, Yeah. You know. Um, in terms of things that exceeded my expectations, I feel like you're always like, oh, we're going to see pretty things. And it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, particularly the Solar de Uyuni, because I'd seen so many pictures of it. I was aware that it was going to be fantastic. But getting to spend the night there and feeling like I was walking around on the bottom of the ocean or on another planet and just the strangeness of it, like, none of that could commu- be communicated in photos. Yeah. And I loved that. Um, I especially loved that we were able to sleep there and get time, like, away from any other tourists while we were there. Uh, so I'd say the Solar de Uyuni maybe exceeded my expectations the most because I had high expectations for it and it was still like crazy better than that. Yeah. I think for me, uh, I had the expectation that travel is going to be very, very difficult. Like it's just going to be a constant adventure, constant hassle. It's, it was just going to be difficult and it really wasn't it, you know, times were hard. Like, some of the border crossings were like, okay, let's brace for a lot of bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, the Colombian customs entrance of shadow into South America was difficult. Mm-hmm. But the whole trip, on average, was certainly not as hard as I thought it was going to be. So I I was blown away that it was a lot easier. Um, I kind of feel like, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was ready for it to be a lot harder, I guess. Yeah. And then uh, something that exceeded my expectations i guess it's just the kindness the general kindness of people you hear that that's a really good one you know you hear that people are really kind really open and you're like yeah 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 Uh, like i understand we'll see what that's like but until you really see it in action it's it it just kind of yeah it it might blows my mind and it really tries i'm trying to be better about it here now that we're back in san francisco just like Someone comes up to you on the street, like really opening up yourself and talking and being willing to like have a genuine interaction. I do not do that here. Well, exactly. And that's what I mean. But if you want to see a positive change in the world, you kind of have to be the one to do it. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) But you you're more like that. I'm more misanthropic anyway. So randomly on the street. Well, but that's what we were. We were just random weirdos on the street in South America. So I'm trying to do my part here. Okay, you're a better person than me. Um, He also asked, about how much prep time does it take to produce each podcast? Uh You all sound very natural and extemporaneous. Is that how I say that? Extemporaneous? I think you nailed it. Do you follow a script or outline, or do you just press record and see what happens? For the most part, not too much prep, which means preparation, which means before. Um, mm-hmm. Not too much prep. We just have this document that you, if you're watching we in the video an again, yeah, we have an outline that we edit every week, and mm-hmm. it's a shared note in Apple Notes. It's pretty easy to 
pretty mm-hmm. easy workflow. Sometimes I'll go in throughout the week and note like, oh, I got to follow up about uh, power steering fluid yeah. or this topic I, is something small that I might not remember. Yeah, see, we big write things, it down. I don't write down big things like yeah. we got stuck in the mud at 16,000 feet. I'm not going to forget that. Yeah, we didn't need to note <laughs> that. <laughs> but actually, there was something remarkable that happened. Right? Oh, it was my blood sugar thing. We never even told that story on the podcast until <laughs> much later. Yeah. But that happened in the same week. We just it got blown out of the water by that that event. I think. Sure. Um, um, so preparation, not very much. Mm-hmm. Um, right, Maggie? Yeah, I'd say we probably do about a half an hour of prep, including setup. Yeah. Um, today took longer because I had to collate all our questions and we're doing this video yeah. thing and the video thing took for flipping ever to figure out. I just needed to make sure that the auto exposure didn't change. And there's I found out that there's a time limit on a video. So I'm going to yeah. actually have to get up in the middle of this podcast and start the recording again, right, right, right. which is relevant to the finished product. Yeah. Um, um, but mostly we do just press record and see what happens. Like, yeah. I'd say. I feel like I've been asked before, like how true to your personalities is it the way that you guys talk to one another on air and i would say it is very true <laughs> like we clean it up a little bit for the podcast there have been times <laughs> where we <laughs> got in a fight mid-record uh-huh. and like stopped and started over yeah. again we did one bonus episode where it was just we, it fell apart Remember that? Like oh, yeah. We My hanger like meltdown. Yeah, the hanger meltdown. Yeah. was just like, I don't think we can do this. That <laughs> was actually the only time that we just stopped, um, but it wasn't the worst fight. No, that one was funny, at least. Yeah. Because it was just like a, hey, yeah. are you hungry? <laughs> right. Oh, no, I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, in general, I'd say it's, like, the same except for maybe slightly more so. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. when we're just talking between the two of us, maybe... We don't. No, no, it's about accurate. Yeah, I was like trying to think of an example of something, and I, I like, I can't really think of him. Um, so he asked of all the places where would you go back again, which we already answered. But he also asked, "Are there any places you never want to see again?" And I have an answer right off the bat for that. What is it? It is that town in Bolivia that sucked. Um, we stayed oh in a shitty yeah. hotel, and um. They did not have any coffee in the entire town. Mm-hmm. And eventually, after about an hour of walking around just looking for coffee, we brought instant coffee into a restaurant and just asked for hot water. Yeah. I hate that place. Um, <laughs> you have to have your coffee. That's a serious thing. I think that was the hardest day for our marriage. <laughs> um, fuck that place. I'm yeah. never going back. What kind of town doesn't have coffee? I don't care that they're in the middle of the jungle, which was your excuse. You can make iced coffee. The I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't how was there a whole town? And everyone was like, why would you want coffee? Yeah. Too? Like the reaction was like, oh, yeah, we just don't sell it. It was You're like, what? The factor that I think makes it more acceptable to have coffee, not have coffee, mm-hmm. is that coca is a lot more common there, which is not. Not like abuse. It's just like a, no, a tea, know. and I like it's a stimulant also. So I'm never going back. Yeah. How dare you? Mine is actually a very similar city that you didn't encounter. In that period of time when you flew back, John and I drove oh. between. Um, I am blanking on the capital. Bogota. There you go, Bogota, Bogota, Colombia mm-hmm. to Medellin. Mm-hmm. In between, there was a one-night layover for us, and it was a town very similar. Lowlands, very hot, like on the river, and not a lot there, and kind of like, I just, it didn't have a good vibe. 
I I, yeah. I would say. Okay. So. so fuck those towns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not. I'm not gonna name that town. You didn't. Name I don't. Your town. I don't remember the name of that town because I blocked it. Yeah. Well, there were some places in the U.S. too that you were just like hating on. I forgot. Yeah. Well, we don't need to get into that. Well, that's the last part of the time trip. I fully hated on a place. We got like three notes from people being like, "I live there." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, you, yeah. The whole state of South Dakota was. was no, no, I didn't say was. fuck that. I was saying fuck that. I think to Modesto and Fresno, and oh, then people were right, like, right, right, <laughs> "You're yeah. an asshole," um, <laughs> and they were right. So the next question comes from Jennifer Gustafson, and she asked, "Did you have pets before the trip? Do you wish you had had a pet with you? And do you recommend pets for such a trip?" We did not have pets. Did not have pets. Do we wish we would have had a pet with I us? I always wish we had a dog. I do not wish we would have had a pet with us. Um, mainly it because of my so answer. Impractical. Yeah, exactly. My answer to the last question: Do you recommend pets for such a trip? Absolutely not. I we think going between like the U.S. and Canada, that would be oh, like awesome. Could be cool to have a dog. But also keep in mind, they have to be on leash in national parks and yeah, all the great, great spots, epic spots that you want to go to. You, it's a national park, and you don't. I disagree. I feel like one of the things that we learned is that actually, in national parks, are not necessarily no, the best places. Camping, but the, you definitely want to see them. Oh like yeah, yeah. Like camping in national parks, yeah. not great. The, we, the best camping of all the trip. None of them, not even in the top 20, are places inside of national yeah. or state parks. Well, and two, the other reason I think it would be really impractical is, like, we both got pretty poop sick at various times over the trip just because we were introduced to so many new things. Yeah. Imagine dealing with that with a, uh, an animal that can't communicate its needs. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also... And more likely to eat strange things off the ground. Crossing borders. Mm -hmm. um, it. There are special quarantine laws. I don't know about... It's a thing you have to research for each border crossing, and it just really starts to add up mm -hmm. in terms of mental logistics and bureaucracy. So, yeah, no no pets. Highly recommend. Um, okay. So our next question comes from who I feel safely is a super fan, David Boucher. Uh -huh. Boucher? Boucher? De Dev Boucher? Is that the on Instagram? I think yeah on Deve, Instagram. Deve? Deve. I, I don't know. But in David in real life, um, what are your thoughts and feelings now about traveling in an overlanding fashion? Pro. Uh, I'm pro them. What are your thoughts and feelings? That pro is not a thought or feeling. <laughs> it's a thought and a feeling. Uh, I'm very much an advocate for this way of travel now. I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. I like it. There were certain parts of the trip that were very much suited for the way we traveled mm -hmm. peru like mm -hmm. traveling peru in that fashion south that, africa that's one of the reasons we liked it so much yeah, yeah south africa but also like the route of 40 oh, and 40, the yeah. carretera austral just to be self-sufficient in mm -hmm. these long stretches where you want to get from point a to point b the only other option is if you're backpacking and then you get on a bus and it's just about getting there. It's not, yeah. you don't have any flexibility to say like, let's pull over and just I chill I think I'm here. too old for backpacking is the other thing. Like, yeah. we're both 32 now yeah. and I feel like the carrying all of your stuff constantly and like being subject to public transportation is not a thing that I have the patience for anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's, so. that's a, it's a real thing. Um, um, okay. So then what changed you most as people during the trip? Uh, the change, honestly, it sounds cheesy, but like constant change. Mm. Uh, when Maggie and I got back, I think it took us a while to put 
our finger on what was going on with us and is still going on with us. But throughout this trip, we have gotten so accustomed to change, like going new places, going to like deal with a new situation that when we got back, it just felt, at least for me, like a new situation. Like, okay, we're doing this now. Now we're looking for an apartment. We're trying to track down this and this. And it's mm-hmm. like, it doesn't ma- really matter. Like, it just feels like more change. We yeah. haven't like adjusted to being in the same place and stagnant. So I think being in that mode made us feel a lot more on alive. Um, Mine, I think, is realizing that I'm capable of a lot more maybe than I thought I was. I'd gone camping probably six times before we left on this trip. Mm -hmm. Between six and eight. Less than ten times in my life. My whole life. And then I went to living that way like about half of the time. So, I don't know, being like much more comfortable being uncomfortable, I guess. Yeah. I hope that sticks with me. Like, I'm trying to remember that now that we're settling back in and everything's comfortable again. Yep, yep. It's like not to get too soft right away because... Well, we saw even like a week stretch in an Airbnb could take away some of our resilience. But also, you get it back in a a few days. Once you hit the road and you're back in the zone after a few days, it's not that hard again. So I think it will ultimately stick with you, but it'll feel like you don't have it. Yeah. He also asked... How much of a pain in the ass was the podcasting, and how big did this podcast become? Um, how I would give it like an eight out of ten for not being a pain in the ass. It was a, or maybe a better I'd way. I'd give it like a seven out of ten. It was a pain in the ass sometimes. There yeah. were times it was a pain in the ass, and I'm the kind of person that gets stressed out if I haven't done my homework. You know, like I've got a homework assignment coming up, I got to just get it done for peace of mind. Yeah. There were times we were late on the podcast and it's like, oh geez, we had all this stuff going on and that causes us to be late on the podcast and that would add stress and make yeah. it less fun. Um but for the vast majority of the trip, we were just in the groove and it kind of felt natural and kind of fit into our workflow and I overall really enjoyable. I highly uh recommend it to my past self if I could talk to my past self in some sort of time travel apparatus. If I could talk to me of the past, I think that the thing, the best side effect that I didn't anticipate at all about doing the podcast is when things were going horribly wrong, there would be moments where Adam and I would look at each other and like laugh and be like, well, at least we have something to talk about on the podcast now. (laughs) Like it'll be a better episode. And so I don't know. It it made me value calamity a lot more and be like, (laughs) you know, we're not going to die. This is fine. They're like, it's tough and it's terrible, but it can, it ar- it started being funnier sooner yeah. to me because it was like, well, you yeah. know, there's a silver lining built in here. When things went bad, it was the silver lining. And when things were good, actually, the podcasts would tend to be kind of boring. So yeah. it's sort of like uh, win-win. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how big did the podcast? Oh, yeah. How big did the podcast get? The podcast. Should we share our numbers? I guess there's no reason not to, right? Yeah. Uh, we got to about 6,000 weekly downloads, 6,000 listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fluctuated. It's gone down since we left South America. Mm-hmm. I think people were in it to see if we died, honestly. Spoiler. <laughs> we did not die. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's fluctuated, I think, with the summer, too. It seems to be coming back up lately. Yeah, um, I've noticed that, too. I would say what's cool and the thing that you found out from... Uh, Libsyn. Libsyn is yeah. that we're in the 90th percentile for podcasts. Right. So that made me feel good. A little higher now, but yeah. Yeah. 
90th percentile. So um, pretty big. So that was neat. Yeah. We are flattered. Thanks. Adam, this question is for you. Of course it is. If you could go back to one barbecue joint, which one would it be? What was that one called? The smokestack. In Virginia? Yeah. Something smokestack. Yeah. Or smokehouse. That place was hella good. Yeah, but good talk. can't even remember the name. Oh, but also, some Austin barbecue places were really good. What was the one that Kat brought Friedman's. us to? Friedman's. Yeah, Friedman's in Austin. Friedman's is dope. We um, didn't sorry. go to all the best ones No. in Austin. So I can't say like for sure, but I loved that one also. She just finished going to 50 different barbecue restaurants and still returns to Friedman's. Okay. So I do believe her recommendation stands. All right. um, by the way, that question was from Juliana Machado Greenhog. Wow. They're all right. Juliana Machado Greenhog. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So about three or four different people asked basically how much did the trip cost? Because, Uh and it's a fair question, like how did you fund the trip? How long did you save? What did you spend? Because I think that it is fairly the biggest concern that literally everyone who is considering this trip has. Yeah. And I think we should just go full transparency on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, First of all, shadow costs forty thousand dollars. I'm just just guessing. What? Shadow did with everything. No, yeah. shadow was seven thousand dollars to start. Seven thousand. The rooftop tent is like five thousand five hundred. The, yeah. sh- the suspension upgrades, the refrigerators, a thousand. The electronics mm-hmm. were a thousand. I'm just kind of like let's say thirty thousand. Okay, for I'm just hand waving and doing the overestimate to be safe. We yeah. had an episode where we talked about this in detail while we That's were waiting true. for Shadow to arrive in Columbia. Yeah. Something like episode 12 to 15. And I thought I remembered it being more like 25,000 total. <sighs> yeah, okay. I don't I'm just trying to also factor in Shipping. Like, the sh- the the work that we had done on Shadow throughout the time like mm-hmm. the fuel pump failed. That was kind of a big job. Fuel pump itself. A dead we rat. Replace well, that was an easy easy fix. Uh, <laughs> we replaced the tires, which is another thousand dollars. We bought new tires before we left, so there's two thousand dollars in tires. Um, Let's say thirty thousand. Awning, yeah, yeah thirty thousand. Yeah. Okay. Um, then how? So one of the things that we paid for while we were gone was Cobra for medical insurance. That was our biggest expense. Turned out to be the biggest expense. It was like you know more than it was like a thousand a month. We'll yeah. Say. Um, and that was just born out of caution. The fact that I'm a type one diabetic and do need insulin and supplies, mm-hmm. but in retrospect, we didn't need it and we, we could have saved a ton of money. And because you were able to get a job so quickly getting back, yeah. we extra didn't need it. Our, the reason I wanted to hold on to it was so that we had it when we returned. Although I will say we all, the other reason that we held on to it was because Trump was elected president and we th- and he ran on a platform of trying to abolish the affordable care act mm-hmm. and that would have changed the pre-existing condition rules yeah. so i w- i wanted to maintain coverage for my whole life i've had it yeah. my whole life i didn't want to have it lapse e- even though uh, the affordable care act takes that restriction away maybe it came back and i'd be yeah. screwed so that uncertainty right. cost us um so there's that. Uh, let's see. The one thing that you don't pay is rent. And we live in San Francisco, and that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So taking that cost out makes living very cheap. We were able to camp a yeah. ton. 
And camp for free a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, really cheap to zero dollars. And groceries were really cheap as well. Right. Almost ubiquitously through South America. So I thought the estimate we'd come up with for all of our travel, including the shipping and the flying, because we did spend through the nose the two times we came back to L.A., Yeah. Um, was about $40,000. For, for what? For the trip. Not counting shadow. Not counting shadow. Yeah. So seventy thousand dollars total. Total for everything. Um, built into that is also staying in hotels and yeah. Airbnbs occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and you can do it a lot cheaper. Uh, yeah. Shadow. A super nice hotel in South America is like a hundred dollars a night. Yeah. In a lot of places, and yeah. so not Buenos Aires, which was very expensive, but like when we stayed in Lima, we stayed in a really nice hotel for a long time for like a hundred and twenty dollars a night. But we'd come off of like two months of camping for free almost. Yeah. So. It averages out is my point. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I don't know if there's a question specifically about vans. I thought there was well, about van envy. Th- there was one earlier. But yeah. if we did it again, the one thing I would say is if we were in a van, we could make those costs for being in a city a lot Way less. Lower. Because in a van, it is possible to, in fact, like right here, this is San Francisco. If you lived in your van and you had, you know, a pretty good stealth setup, you could just park on this park here and sleep in it. It's not it's not technically allowed, but it's In fact, know. we just talked to somebody who lived that way for a year while he was working at Facebook. Right. Right. <laughs> like you can totally make it work. He did that and work. he saved so much money. Yeah. Um, a van or a camper, mm-hmm. you can be a lot more stealth. In shadow, there's no way we're going to pop the tent. No, and there's a, such f- a there's a fucking ladder. It's like, guess where we are? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Should we move into the Instagram questions? Sure. This is from Ray of Sunshine 1027. And she said, hi, Maggie and Adam. She's a big fan. Thank you, Ray. My question is, how did you guys deal with long driving days? How did you deal with hanger in the car when people got antsy? Hanger. Hanger in the car. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. real. When people got antsy or when you missed a turn slash got lost. Good questions. Uh, this uh, sounds like she's been on road trips before is what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> We would argue. Mm-hmm. That's one of our strategies. <laughs> we would get yeah. mad at each other mm-hmm. and occasionally yell at each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes always we productive. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we <laughs> would have the presence of mind to be like, "Okay, looks like we just need to chill out and eat something. Figure out what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Most likely, it's just we're hungry. Yeah. Um, we had a refrigerator and we had snacks for the most part. There were times that Maggie said we need to make plans. To have better snackos mm-hmm. or to have trash a lunch, lizard. like a trash lizard lunch set up for us mm-hmm. and be very deliberate about that. Um, and that helped. Yeah. That made a really big difference, actually. I feel like the hanger became much more manageable once we started eating lunch more often. Yeah. I'm um. trying to remember. There was one time, there were a few times that Google Maps led us astray, but in general, Google Maps was a lot better than I was led to believe. Like the, the time ef- estimates were really pretty spot on. The um, routes all made sense. But there was one time, I'm trying to remember where it was, Maggie, where we were just like, we sent down into a valley and crossing bridges and trying to go down this road that just straight up did not exist. There was no way. We were like driving around, oh, yeah. trying every yeah, route. Yeah, yeah, with all the sheep. Yeah. Um, I think it I was Peru. Say, yeah, that was definitely in Peru. <sighs> it was... It, 
but <laughs> that was just a long and terrible day. Yeah, it was so beautiful, but you start to lose sight of that because you're just like, oh my god, yeah. where are we? Well, because it was like it started to be like three thirty or four at yeah. night, and you're like, okay, well, we also have to get places. Like, yeah, this is getting kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, um, for real. But um, for the most part, not too bad. Like, no, there was only one or two standout things that went really bad for us on the logistics yeah. front. And for long days in general, we listen to like a lot of audiobooks. Uh-huh. So I'd say like the best ones for that were Guns, Germs, and Steel because it was so long. Um, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Um, right? Yeah. Like that the long books. When we got a good long audiobook that we were both into, it was pretty mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Um, some, I don't know, we had a pretty good hit rate. Yeah. There were some that Maggie would tune out for, and that made it a little less fun for me, but she was still okay with me finishing it in the case of, like, Cryptonomicon. You didn't really... It was so long that, you know... So long. Anyway. Um, I'm just not a Neil Stevenson person. Yeah. All right. So the next question's really for me. Mm-hmm. Because she said I should put it in my Maggie's Feminine Hygiene Bathtub. <laughs> is which that is a fantastic <laughs> name. Is that where feminine hygiene products go? No. In the bathtub? They don't, actually, no. but that's but okay. okay. This is from Tony <laughs> Tegeler. <laughs> she said, did you shave regularly throughout the overlanding extravaganza, or did you just own it and rock the body hair? Mm. I just owned it and rocked the body <laughs> hair. Also because it got so cold at the end of the trip. Like You, yeah, yeah. When you're in a winter place, you don't really have yeah. to worry about it too I much. I was got, like... You did fine, though. You you shaved in places. Yeah, when I had the opportunity to. But when we were taking, like, um, you remember in Columbia where we took, like, the bucket showers where it's just a bucket with a bowl in it? I was not worrying about shaving my legs there very much. Yeah. Because um, fuck that. And then she also asked, how does one take care of feminine needs? Example, tampon disposal whilst overlanding. That's a fabulous question because there's not a lot of great ways to do it. No. Because we packed in and packed out our own trash a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And so um, I would basically just wrap it up in as many paper towels as I felt like were uh, acceptable to waste. Right. And then like bury it in our trash as best I could so that you weren't just like opening the trash and being like, oh, look, it's your dirty tampons. Yeah, yeah. Um, The next question was from Mad... And she's basically asking about the same thing. Um, what are the not so glam parts like period periods? Maggie, camping or traveling with a period is awful. Any tips on how to deal from fatigue to the emotions? <laughs> yeah, this is a you question too. I don't have um, too much on this. I do not have any tips. It just sucks. It is like getting DP'd by nature. It's mean. Every time we were camping and I was on my period, it was just the worst. Yeah. Like, it just sucks. And the only thing you can do is, like, really call out the things that you feel as you're feeling them. For you, uh, like, for your sake, I feel like, so you know what's going on. Of Like, I have cramps that are so bad right now that if you ask me to do anything, I will murder myself. Yeah, Maggie is very good at reporting her <laughs> status to everyone. <laughs> so that's never that was never a problem. Yeah. If she's cold or hungry, there are many warning signs mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the fact that she gives you a 10-minute warning for when she's going to be hungry, a 2-minute warning, and then thereafter every 2 minutes will tell you. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this question comes from H Reg. 
And he says, ah, fuck, I'm probably too late. But my question was, were there any places you traveled that you guys found underwhelming from Holden R? Um, yeah. First of all, you're not too late. No, clearly not. Um, underwhelming? Um. Can I be a jerk <sighs> and say, uh, what's it called? Cartagena in Colombia? Yeah. Is like very photogenic, but not actually... It it brushed up a lot of against a lot of things that make me uncomfortable, like crazy driving, claustrophobia, and we didn't speak great Spanish yet, mm-hmm. and so I found it underwhelming. Yeah, like socially isolating, mm-hmm. um, and there's kind of Maggie had special. Uh, Maggie would get special responses that are it's kind of like a special situation for her because she looks. She reads as Colombian to Colombians, mm-hmm. and so so they were mad at me. They they're like, okay, here you are with your white boyfriend. Just You're my husband. Just right, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> as you say, <laughs> but still, like you know, explain yourself, or like you should be on point here. Like mm-hmm. you're here in your home home country now. Yeah. What's your deal? And then you don't speak Spanish at all, and it's just yeah. like big slap in the face to them yeah and that wasn't the case but as soon as we figured out to for me to immediately be like i'm not colombian i'd get the tourist treatment and everyone would be super nice to me but we hadn't figured that out yet it's a super unnatural thing but literally that's what you do you'd be like in the beginning of the conversation i'm not colombian yeah and And then they'd be be super nice oh that makes so much more sense yeah now you're not (laughs) offensive to me right um how about you adam what was underwhelming uh you did not like the Galapagos. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> it. I liked the Galapagos in as much as Maggie loved it. Um, I, I appreciate animals. I like cool animals. Um, I would have liked to see albatross. We didn't get to do that. That would have been a special trip just for that. Those are just giant seagulls. And the coolest day of travel that we th- hold on. Albatross are the biggest birds. And they're seagulls. You don't have any respect for, like, the biggest birds. I we don't. saw con- Andean condors. Fancy vultures. <sighs> anyway, go ahead. Anyway, um, maybe I'm going to have to do the condor for my next pick. All right. I think that's my pick. I okay. was underwhelmed by condors. Drunk Safari. This moth is up in my shit right now. All right. <laughs> condors are awesome, but I would have liked to see albatrosses. Our coolest day, in my opinion, was the scuba diving trip where we saw hammerhead sharks and a manta ray dope. as big as a car. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. But uh, lizards, lots of lizards, and like, who cares? <laughs> it, like, tortoise, the tortoises were amazing, the giant tortoises swimming with sea turtles. But for the most part, like, come on. Very expensive experience for, for basically like. Well, I'll go back without you. Okay. Compare it to, <laughs> okay, but here, let me. this is where I'm going to get you. South Africa. Better. Right? Yeah. South Africa, like, you see. Yeah, yeah, all okay, of your okay, okay. Oh, yes. Did you get it like a ninja? No. No, it's right there. <laughs> yes. See that? You guys see that? All right, we're going to move on. All right. Our next questions come from Sweemat363, friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Questions, uh, I hope. Questions. Lots of questions. He has identified himself as the fourth most powerful warlock on the Mississippi. <laughs> okay. that's. <laughs> but we can also make up a name for him. I don't think... <laughs> I, I think want. First of all, I think we did make up a name for him. It is Sweemat. Sweemat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Madam and Sweet. I, I don't think we can beat fourth most powerful warlock on the Mississippi. That's a, He did a really good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We're proud of you, is our point. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked, can I buy 1,000 meatbag stickers? That would be hilarious. He and his girlfriend have fully adopted calling things meatbag activities. First yeah. of all, I'm 100% there for people using meatbag in conversation. Yeah, we're trying to make it stick. Make it happen. Um, but remember that one small period of time in Peru where you requested that I stop saying meatbag? And that I was, was like, in oh. Bolivia because oh, in Bolivia. we saw a terrible, fatal car accident. And I saw v- very graphically <laughs> the yeah. truth of meatbag. It's a little too true. It's, it's real. Uh. We're meatbags. So, but <laughs> I I powered through because I I yeah. thought you'd get over that a little bit. So, um, his question I actually love. He said, "When did the whiskey come out?" We had brought two bottles of Lagavulin <laughs> with us, yeah. and he said, "You said you were saving it for special occasions. Run us through the whiskey moments." And it was basically when we were around friends. We brought it out for the first time when we hung out with William and Katya and drank almost an entire bottle in one night. Yeah. Between that was, the four of that us. That was a big night. That was a very big night. <laughs> um, and then actually the next one we didn't even open until we got back to the U.S. That's true. <laughs> until we got to Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> and we shared it with Michelle and Nick and their friends. Yeah. And that was an awesome way to drink it too. It was great. Yeah. I uh-huh. think that speaks to the loneliness of the trip. Yeah. <laughs> it was like we were ready because whenever it was just the two of us, we're like, it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he asked us for the three B's on the whole trip, which we will do. And then, oh, and then he asked us about our finances. So We already did the financing. Yeah. So yeah. you're welcome, Matt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will give the three B's in response mm-hmm. later. Matt. Yes. Um, this is more from Dave. Dave, I didn't realize, but mm-hmm. he said, I'd like to hear the sickest that each of you got with details. It may be gross, but I love those stories. Mm-hmm. Adam, I feel like you really did tell... Yeah, I'm not going to tell that story again, though. You just have to find it. Maybe we'll link the episode, Um, but I'll recount. It was on the Lagunas route. Mm -hmm. It was in probably the most beautiful campsite or one of my favorite places. Mm -hmm. I was already feeling under the weather when we got there, but I still went on a hike. Came back that night. We watched a movie, and I became so explosive diarrhea that it was just a disaster. Yeah. for the next three or four days, like super windy. I'm digging holes left and right to shit in like every two hours. <sighs> like talking about the non-glamorous parts, this the, the shitting in the whole thing is like, okay, I'm going to do a process. I'm going to be meticulous. There's no reason to panic or rush. Well, when you're poop sick, there is a reason to panic and rush. Um, and sometimes you just don't have time to dig that hole. Yeah. And sometimes you just splatter poop all over your ankles. Our, oh, God. <laughs> Uh, the sickest I got was in Cuba. I was laid out for two days with diarrhea, thanks mm. for asking, yeah. and could basically only eat white rice and drink coconut water. Yep. It was pathetic, and we were staying in a Casa Particular. We couldn't find coconut water, remember? Oh, it was Gatorade was like or whatever it was. a Gatorade mix yeah. that the doctor gave us. Whatever it was. I yeah. kind of blocked it. Um, but the most embarrassing part of all of that was not just telling all of you right now that I had diarrhea for two days straight. Mm-hmm. Um, Turns out women poop too. I didn't know that, but <laughs> but like with fever and chills and like waking up in the middle of the night, super hot, and then going super cold, um, and there was nothing to do except for shit my way through it. <laughs> and then um, we were staying with a family, and I hadn't like come out of the room in two days, and then I did, and the mom was there, and Adam had obviously told her what was going on because <laughs> she looks at me, she goes, "Oh, el estómago." <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. She <laughs> she was taking care of us, though. She was very nice. Yeah. He also asked us to have a conversation in Spanish so people could hear what it sounds like. And I feel like <laughs> I don't really speak Spanish anymore. Yeah. Creo que no podríamos. Yeah. Ahora no Necesitamos practicar más. Sí. <laughs> Yeah. So that was it. That este was our whole conversation you get. Fue el mejor podríamos hacer. <laughs> sí. <laughs> Perfecto. Should we get into our ratings for the whole trip? Maggie, mm -hmm. I would like to call an audible at this point in the podcast. We are pushing an hour already, mm -hmm. and we are in a period where we have less content. I think this should be a two-parter. You're right. Don't you think? Yeah, let's call it. I think we should call this the episode. So um, this is uh, season finale part one. Yes. Um, we do have exciting announcements. We're not going to make them on this episode. We'll make them next episode. What I will say is I have taken a full-time job. Congratulations to Adam. I have. I'm a full-time employed person as of the 25th of September. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be working for Lyft. I'm very proud of you and very excited. Yeah. I'm very excited, too. I feel like they're the underdogs and they are the light side. And they are. I am ready to make a stand. Against Uber. Fuck Uber. <laughs> I'm fully into that. Yeah. No, it's a very exciting thing for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really into it. So yeah. um, this milestone of having an apartment and mm -hmm. having a job signals the end, the end of, of the trip. One. Well, the end of the adventure. Mm -hmm. The end of the first adventure. So we're going to wrap everything up in the next episode mm -hmm. and talk about what's next for Let's Not Panic. Yeah. I think that's that, that's it. Yeah. Should we drop these mics? Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. Did we Thanks forget? Thanks for listening. We forgot our normal stuff. Oh, too. right. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, we're professionals here. This is very professional podcasting. Okay. Patreon. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash let's not panic, where at the $5 mark, you can get one of these awesome let's not panic stickers. Did you guys see this product placement we just yeah. did on the video? What? Because mm -hmm. we're professionals. Mm -hmm. Um. I think eventually we should make meat bag stickers, but we'll hold off on I that. think we should make meat bag bags. bags you know, yeah. like we'll, we'll talk about tote it. bags. Um, you can also get bonus episodes. We just posted a new one. Mm -hmm. um, you can also find us and pictures from our trips and our travel on Instagram at Let's Not Panic. You can also subscribe to us and review us on Apple Podcasts or your pod catcher of choice. As always, we love it. When you do that. It's true. It, it warms. Our cold, cold, cold little hearts. They are cold. <laughs> Our reptilian hearts. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. This is what it sounds like where we are. Doop-a-doo. Doop-a-doo. Mic drop.